the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence will shake the earth and every heart will know you are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom, and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler, and I am the lead rabbi of Sharesh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently, we are serving in Wesley Chapel, Lakeland, Tampa, and Brandon. Conexion is our Spanish-speaking congregation, and we also recently started a service in St. Pete, which currently meets once per month. It is an honor to speak to the listening audience of AM 570 and 910 WTBN, Tampa Bay's Christian Talk. Let's pray. Father Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King, what a blessing it is to be in this season. Lord, we are inspired. We are strengthened. We are blessed. And this truly is the day that you have made, and we certainly will rejoice and will be glad in your creation, in the love that you've given us. And so, Lord, as we look at your word today, and we look at these holy days and the season, Father, let us be assured of your faithfulness to us, and your blessings to us, and that we represent you in every moment, every time, every th- to every person. So we bless you and thank you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Well, this is a great day, wouldn't you say? A uh, lot of things going on. Many of you are going to services for Easter or Resurrection Sunday, and this is also the time of Passover and Yom HaBikurim and and the beginning of counting the Omer. So i uh, just like to welcome you to this program, Heart of Messiah, and uh, mention that, you know, last uh, this past Friday night, we began our Passover Seder. In fact, this week, I've done a number of seders at some of your churches, probably, and it was a blessing. I thank you for coming up to me after the seder and letting me know you listen to this radio program, and uh, what a blessing that is for me. But if you're not able to attend a, a seder and you'd like to know more about one, uh, call Karen and she'll send out a Haggadah. A Haggadah is the booklet that we use that is the telling of the Passover Seder. So for any size love gift for the radio show, we'll send you one or more copies. So 
uh, please let Karen know. You can reach her at 813-831-5673. Secondly, I'm asking you to save the date, Sunday, April 19th. It's a special March of Remembrance. Look, there's so much craziness going on in the world. Doesn't it make sense, sense to stand up for righteousness, to stand up for Israel, to stand up for the thought of never forgetting the Holocaust and to come against genocide, not only in the past, but now in the present. We need to send a message to the Tampa-St. Pete uh, area. So if you will come, uh, I'd like to send you the flyers. It's April 19th. Um, Call Karen at 813 Eight three one five six seven three. Would you also pray with me that we're going to have a minimum of a thousand people? And after we do this evening walk, you can go into the Holocaust Museum for half price, only nine dollars. We're going to, you know, we already have been told that some of the news media is going to be there, and and we're still three weeks out. So please um, put this on your schedule. And if you want accounting the Omer booklet, which includes a short devotional for the next 50 days, starting today, yes, call our office and get these booklets. Uh, you can go also online and on heartofmessiah.org, and you'll see a link, and you can do it right on the website as well. So uh, last week we talked about God's appointed times. We reviewed uh, especially Passover, we talked about the fact that these feasts, these appointed times, uh, are all about God's redemptive program to restore Israel and the nations to himself. We said the spring appointed times fulfilled, uh, the fall uh, appointed times are to be fulfilled, and everything in these holy days, some people call them Jewish holidays, but you know these are God's appointed times for all of us. Uh, they all point to Yeshua as Messiah. I want to just read a little bit from the Passover Seder that we have done this week, the Haggadah. And by the way, Friday night was the first night of uh, officially of Passover. But I want to read to you about the ten plagues because there's something I want you to understand about Jewish people and how they teach their children And one of the ways we do this is in the Passover Seder. In fact, God tells us to tell our children certain things in Scripture. So the leader who is reading says this, This section of the Seder is extremely important, as it reflects God's intolerance to sin, especially pride, disobedience, and unbelief. Through the prophet Ezekiel, God said the one who sins must die. As harsh as the plagues may seem to us, they remind us that the wages of sin is death, Ezekiel 18.4. The ten plagues that the Lord inflicted upon Egypt not only punished them for their harsh treatment of his people, but also were specifically intended to show Adonai's power and authority over Egypt's gods. Though the plagues on Egypt were the result of their own evil, 
we do not rejoice over their defeat nor their pain or suffering. And that is the principle the Jewish people live by. I will repeat it. We do not rejoice over their defeat nor their pain or suffering. So, as an example, uh, in the Seder, we say this, a full cup of wine is a symbol of joy. Therefore, as we recall the plagues and the destruction each plague caused, we will lessen our joy by removing wine from our cups. So what we do is, the, the tradition is that you take your pinky and you put it in your wine cup and you get a drop of the wine and you put it on your plate when each plague is mentioned, both in Hebrew and in English. And so what a beautiful example for our children that they will see that we are willing to lessen our joy even concerning our enemies, because that's God has called us to that. And now, this is done in traditional seders all over the world. Now, we as Messianics have added the following, but I say to you who are listening, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for the ones who mistreat you, Luke 6, 27 and 28. But my question is to you who are believers, who are disciples, who are Christians, who are followers of Yeshua, do you teach this to your kids? And do you have a beautiful way of showing it? Wow. I I just think it's so exciting uh, as we show our kids our philosophy, our heart, and how to follow God. And even those who didn't know the, the new covenant as Jews throughout the world still do this activity. And that is the heart of Jewish people all over the world. I can't say for all of them, but for the majority of them. Anyway, let's move on to Yom HaBikurim, the day of the first fruits. In Leviticus 23.9, Adonai spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the sons of Israel. Tell them, when you have come into the land which I give to you and reap its harvest, then you are to bring the Omer of the first fruits to your harvest to the Kohen. He is to wave the Omer before Adonai to be accepted for you. On the morrow after the Sabbath, the, the priest is to wave it. It is a statue forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Now, and this is the only holy day without a holy convocation. And how it was celebrated at, at the time of Yeshua, people would go into the barley fields and pick samples and, and the barley Passover first fruit laid in a sheaf, uh, literally an omer, about four dry quarts, and next day waved by the priest towards four directions. When the offering was accepted by God, the harvest was accepted. The harvest isn't acceptable until the first fruit is acceptable. And if you know your scriptures, Yeshua is that first fruit. He is perfect, and we are the first fruit after him. 
The word bikurim stems from the Hebrew word bakar, which means or refers to the firstborn. So a reoccurring theme in the Yom HaBikurim, in all the holy days, in all of Scripture, is the first always belongs to God. Firstborn, first tithes, our time, our thinking, our actions, all of this is first belonging to God. And Jewish people might say that they don't believe in resurrection, which is really the theme of this holy day, and I'll share the Scripture in a minute that kind of puts it all together. But let's look at resurrection in the Hebrew scriptures. In Daniel 12, 2, it says, Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake some to everlasting life and others to shame and everlasting contempt. So resurrection here, he is risen, refers to everlasting life. At the time of Yeshua, some people didn't believe it. It says in Acts 23.8, For the Sadducees said, There is no resurrection or angel or spirit, but the Pharisees agreed with all of them. In other words, the resurrection and the angels and the spirit. Psalm 71.20 says, You made me see many troubles and evils. You will revile, uh, revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. Look, scriptures, I mean, I don't have that much time, but if you check out Isaiah 26.19, Hosea 6.1, Job 19.25, all of these are talking about resurrection. And look, resurrection is a mystery. It is hard to understand. It's as hard to understand, probably, as God is three in one. But one day we're going to rise with Yeshua. 1 Corinthians fifteen twelve puts this all together. Now, if Messiah is proclaimed that he has been raised from the dead, how can some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Verse 14. And if Messiah has not been raised, then our proclaiming is meaningless. And your faith is also meaningless. Verse 17, and if Messiah has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Verse 20, but now Messiah has been raised from the dead. Amen? The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. This is how Yom Bikurim is celebrated as the resurrection, the first fruits. Yeshua is the first fruit. We are his first fruits after him. We are no longer in our sins because Yeshua rose from his grave. Well, I know that's a, a short version of talking about Yom HaBikurim, but I also want to get to the counting of the Omer. And I had mentioned to you that there is a booklet uh, about counting the Omer, which is a 50-day devotional, and if you call us, we'll send it out to you. Uh, look, it, it comes from Leviticus 23.15. Then you are to count the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the Omer of the wave offering, seven complete Shabbats or Sabbaths, until the morrow after the seventh Sabbath, you are to count 50 days. Now, at the end of these days, we have Shavuot, which is the Feast of Weeks, which is Pentecost. 
So let's look. An omer, as I mentioned, is a unit of measure on the second day of Passover, which is today. In the days of the temple, an omer of barley was cut down and brought to the temple as an offering. Every day we count, let us be reminded of the link between Passover, which commemorates the exodus and deliverance, and the deliverance from sin, the bondage, right? And Shavuot, or the Feast of Weeks, or Pentecost, which commemorates two things, the giving of the law, the Ten Commandments, and the giving of God's Spirit in the book of Acts. It reminds us that the redemption from slavery was not complete until we received God's Word, the law. And it also reminds us that without God's Spirit, we don't have the ability to understand His Word, nor the strength to keep it. Wouldn't you say amen to that? Yes. Our purpose in counting the Omer is to draw closer to God and to be obedient to his word. We should expect that our faith level will be raised each day in anticipation of what God's going to do in our lives and in the lives of the people around us. So let me tell you what is in this booklet that I'm hoping you're going to ask for you will have a new scripture to consider daily, along with a thought, a challenge, and an opportunity to journal a little. But Fridays are different. On Friday, you'll have that, and then you'll have another two pages called Shabbat with Friends and Family. And the idea, listen closely, is to invite your friends, especially those who do not believe, to a dinner. Uh, We'd call it a Sabbath dinner. Those who don't know the Lord and have a discussion with them that are led by the questions in this booklet, which are specifically questions for non-believers to talk to you about and get a great discussion going. So a plan for this. And so you can have seven outreaches because there are seven of these in our booklet. Uh, The first one would be April 10th, this coming Friday. Each daily entry is short, so you don't just read it, you meditate on it. I pray that this Counting the Omer devotional will be a blessing to you and those you love. So, as an example, today, it says Sunday, April 5th, 2015, and it says, Baruch atah adnai Eloheinu melech halom, asheh kirishanu b'mitzvotov v'tzivanu al-sifarat ha-omer. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has set us apart by your commandments and has commanded us to count the Omer. By the way, did I tell you that it's going to help your Hebrew too? <laughs> okay. Then we say, this is all in the booklet, today is the first day of the first week Day number one, I have counted the Omer. And then there's a scripture, and in this case, it's John 10, 14 and 15. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Now, here's the thought that we have. God is personal. He knows us, and we should know him. We mean so much to him, he gave his life for us. He asks us to come each day to him and have a conversation and read his words. By doing that each day, he changes us to be more like him. 
Here's the challenge. How would you feel if you waited each day for your friend to call and they didn't call? If Yeshua sat down next to you, what would you want to say to him? Take a few minutes to pray, to read God's word, and write what God shows you. And then you journal. See how that works? Now, I mentioned to you uh, the Shabbat with family and friends, or the Sabbath, and that's April 10th. So let me give you an example of what that would look like. Uh, Again, you would do the blessings and say, today is the sixth day of the first week, day number six, I have counted the Omer. And then you read the scripture. He said, and we don't know who that is right now, but we'll find out later. If now I have found grace in your eyes, my Lord, let my Lord please go within our midst, even though this is a stiff-necked people. Pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us for your own inheritance. Okay, that's Exodus 34, 9. Here's the thought. Praying for others shows leadership. It shows that you are willing to see them through God's eyes, even though you might not share a sin that they are involved in. You are willing to take the burden to God in prayer. And so here's your challenge. Whom do you know who is very difficult to pray for? Okay. Think of people in our community or in our country who need prayer. Write down who you will pray for. So here's the discussion. Give one example of how God answered a specific prayer for you. So you go around the table and you all testify of that. And when you come to the people who are not believers, you say, look, if you don't have, a, if you don't have one, don't worry about it. We'll just keep going. This is just part of our discussion. And then the second is Moses was one of the Bible's great intercessors. Discuss what you think his motivation or his thoughts were when he prayed this in Exodus 34, 9. So now you know that it was Moses who was speaking to God. And so what was his motivation? So surely everybody can talk about that at the table. And then I have uh, the next part, which is another challenge. The previous verse says, that Moses quickly bowed his head to the earth and worshipped. Where do you pray and in what position? Okay, and finally, the last one is discuss some of the differences between the prayer of Moses and the beginning of this one by Solomon in 1 Kings 8, 22 and 23. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly and spread out his hands towards heaven and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth beneath, keeping covenant and showing loving kindness to your servants who walk before you with all their heart. Moses and Solomon made prayer a priority, will you? And then the last thing you would do at this is you would go around, it says, blessing. The head of the household or leader goes around and blesses each person at the table. Well, I'm sorry this is the end of the show, but we're out of time. Let me challenge you to be hearers not and of the word, but also doers. And so... Um, please save the date, April 19th. Also, 
ask for any love gift uh, for our Passover Haggadah, which will be great, and our devotional for the next 50 days, Counting the Omer. We'll get it out to you on Monday, tomorrow, so that you'll only really lose a couple days of this, and you can go back and see what you've missed. Call Karen at 813-831-5673. Again, our offices are at 813-831-5673. Ask for Karen. She'll be more than happy to help you and pray with you. And in fact, let us close today with a wonderful word of prayer. Abba, Father, Teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.